Hello, welcome to another episode of One for the Table. I know you're somewhere out there, somewhere far away. I want you back. I don't even know what song I just sang. That was a mix of two songs. Um, oh, I think that was a TikTok meme song then. Yeah, that was a mix of a TikTok wasn't meme. okay. Yeah, that's why. Because they do that a lot. It was randomly in my head and I was like... Yeah, that was Bruno Mars and The Weeknd. Isn't that crazy how like random songs just come into your head and you might not even know who the artist was? <laughs> oh no, for me now, it's just weird noises. Um, random, mm-hmm. like, uh, did you, like Wisdom Dog? Do you know Wisdom Dog? No, I don't think bah, so. Bah, 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 bah. Like, it's, it's like an old, it's like an old 3D CGI video that I'm, I have no idea where it's from, but it's just the dumbest thing, but it's like, me and Little John speaking wisdom dog all the time. We're just like, bah, bah, bah. You have to watch it. You have to watch it. And also, let me show you the latest like random noise obsession that I have. I shared it on my mm-hmm. stories today. It's these fucking birds. I feel like me watching this wisdom dog is going to be like a bad idea for me because I already make like random noise as it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Okay. These are the sounds that these birds make. <laughs> The great bastards are a bigger cause for concern. Weighing in at 20 kilos, these relatives of the crane are among the heaviest birds able to fly on Earth. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like, um... (laughs) I did, like, um... I did, like, a sleep recording. Uh Uh-huh. Um... It sounds like me snoring. Is it at night? You, you, you're a little bit louder than that. You're, you're just a slightly. You're slightly. Don't be a fucking hater. Don't as, be a fucking hater. As somebody who has shared a room with you and a wall with you, um, it's a little more rumbly than that. As a friend, I've looked past all your many flaws, and I, I cannot believe you would um, look down on me like this on our podcast. The great bastards. Are- <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, this is one for the table. <laughs> for the longest time, you know which sound would always get stuck in my head and I could like never get it out and it made me so mad? What? That sound like chicken wings, chicken wings, hot dog and bologna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Little John used to sing that a lot too. Yes. That one would just randomly get stuck in my head and I'm like, oh my God, like, go away. Like, I could be in like the most serious situation having like a lunch with a friend and they're telling me about like their trauma and in the back of my head, it's like, <laughs> chicken, chicken wings, chicken, chicken wings, wings, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's totally something. Like, I'm at a funeral. That's something that would be playing in my head just like while they're like mm-hmm. doing the immemorium. 100%. And for some reason, whenever <laughs> anyone is ha- trying to have like a serious conversation with me, mm. I get to like random intrusive thoughts like, this is a serious conversation. How awkward would it be if I just laughed right now? <laughs> and that thought would just randomly come into my head. And then it would actually make me want to laugh. And then I have to do my best to like hold it in. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> that's awful i 
I I will sometimes like blank out in the middle of a conversation when somebody's talking to me and then I'll get super mm-hmm. conscious about it and like just focus and all of a sudden like that's when my mind decides to have an inner monologue because like 90% of the time like I don't hear any voices of thoughts in my head but then I just get like super insecure and being like, oh my gosh, why can't I focus on what this person is saying? What is wrong with me? Why why can't I hear the words anymore? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, like, maybe maybe that's an ADHD thing. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't have that. ADHD. Not I that I know of, but... um, I do. But I know you do. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. We won't be blaming all of our shortcomings on ADHD. <laughs> I mean... It's, I feel like, I feel like ADHD, like, yes, makes it very difficult to function in regular society. But at the same time, like, if you do, if you work in a non-traditional, non-traditional career, like doing the things that we, we do, like, we are able to thrive a little bit better. Because, like, I used to be on medication. Don't say we, because I don't have ADHD. (laughs) I mean, whatever is wrong with you. We're we're the same flavor. Oh, my God. (laughs) But same flavor, no. Same flavor of broken. No, I used to be on ADHD medication, and yes, it did let me function in regular society, but I was also like no longer able to be creative. Um, and so I just decided like I didn't like the type of person that I was when I was on that medication. And so I just stopped and I changed careers. I decided no law would do. Well, what's the uh, medicine? I was on Adderall. <laughs> and you gave that up willingly? Yeah, because it wasn't like, it wasn't anything that was, so like, it just kind of like, let me, things, things were more clear and it was much more easy to focus on everyday tasks. But at the same time, it was like, just, it didn't feel like the person I was. I was productive and I was able to do stuff, but I was just like, eh, whatever. It's, it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't like who I was when I was on the medication. I don't know why, but, but Adderall, my memory was like in college, like, there's so many people that were like basically addicted to Adderall. Mm-hmm. And like around final times, like people will buy like a pill of Adderall for like $50. Oh, totally. $50 in back college then, yeah. back in like 2007. Yeah. That was a lot of money. That was a lot of money. And and a lot of people are like, oh, like I can't focus on the side of Adderall or I can't do this on the side of Adderall. And then people are snorting it. Oh, totally. And so I've... And I've tried it once, and it didn't do anything. You might I was have like, well, ADHD. this is kind of pointless. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like I was like functioning like different or anything. I it's know. Just like, the people who actually need it react to it much mm-hmm. differently than the people who don't really need it at all. Mm-hmm. If you don't really have any kind of like crazy reaction to it, you might just be wired like me. But it was also a small dosage, so maybe oh, that has yeah. to do with it. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm not like last thing I need is like Adderall controlling my life. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. And again, like it's not necessary for the work that we do. So it's fine. Yeah. No, don't worry about and it. And nothing like a drag queen on Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> Just what the world needs. But if you still had those pills, you know, when you have guests over, you can also offer Adderall as like being a good host it is it's gotten, like to, it's gotten to that point hasn't it like we are at the point where you just keep a bunch of drugs in your house not because you do it but because you want to be a good host i mean just speaking from my experience you know like 
like you go over to some of like these people's house, and um, and they're like, "Would you like to do anything?" I have like wine, <laughs> sparkling water, ketamine, <laughs> like <laughs> cocaine. They just bring a tray out, and it's like not of charcuterie. It was like, oh, um. Mm-hmm. Where is the cheese? Like marijuana, some shroom chocolate, yeah. if you're into microdosing. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Always, like, their shroom chocolates are everywhere now. Oh, my gosh. They're yes, everywhere. It's crazy. Everybody's got them. And, like, you know what? I hear, like, as far as, like, get doing drugs, alcohol included, because alcohol is one of the most damaging things you can do to your body. But... Yeah, shroom being like the least harmful and the chocolates and stuff, they kind of like get the job done without putting your body through it in the same way alcohol does. Uh, Mm -hmm. But people say it tastes really bad, but as a person who is like actually chewed on like dried mushrooms used for soup, for Chinese soup, I was like, that's that's what this tastes like. It doesn't doesn't taste like that bad. It doesn't taste good, but it doesn't taste that bad. Yeah, a lot of um, Western folks... Um, don't understand like the bitter flavor profile and they automatically yeah. associate bitter things with like being disgusting. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just another taste. Yeah. And and growing up, sometimes like at least for me, you know, we were taught like the bitter flavor is like part of the flavor profile. Like mm-hmm. you look forward to in certain dishes, like to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Still not the biggest fan of bitter melon. It can just be a little much for me, but I can appreciate like mm-hmm. a bite or two. When I first ate bitter melon, I was really confused by it, and I thought I hated it, and I just kept eating it, because it's like a popular dish for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think now I understand why. There's this special, there's a Filipino dish called pinak bet, mm-hmm. and it's like a stew made with like, you know, pumpkin, pork, shrimp, and all these mm. different vegetables, and bitter melon is one of them. And bitter melon being in there... With all those flavor profile makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. So I understand that aspect. Nice. I should I try that it, sometime. But I, I don't. Pinak bet? Yes, mm-hmm. you should. I feel like Filipino cuisine is so underrated. Like America's just starting to find out about Jollibee, but also yeah. I feel like Jollibee's the extent of what they know about Filipino food. Yeah, there's so much in Filipino food that was so good. And Chicago has a Filipino restaurant that just got a Michelin star. Amazing. Yeah, Chicago actually has a lot of. Because Chicago's got good food. Chicago's got a lot of good food. Oh, yeah. Chicago's an amazing food city. And when I lived in this one neighborhood in... Oh, my God. I forgot the name of the neighborhood I used to live in. (laughs) But it's been years. So what I didn't know was I lived there for two years. And after a year of living there, I didn't realize there was like one of like... The biggest Filipino grocery stores literally right next to my house. Oh, really? And I never knew about it. (laughs) And I, I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember that one either? Man, Kim, you're just... But what I'm trying to say is... um. <clears throat> so one day I was like, all right, I cannot believe like there's this amazing Filipino grocery store next to my house and I've never been. So I walked in and there was like a giant food court area and they had all these like Filipino dishes. Mm-hmm. And so my aunt and uncle used to live in Philippines so we would visit them. But when we visited them... We only ever ate Korean food because, um, I don't know, they never ate Filipino food. My mom, I don't think, cared for Filipino food. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I would see those dishes and I would always want to try it, but like they never got them for me. Mm-hmm. So when I walked into this Filipino grocery store, I saw these Filipino dishes laid out like cafeteria style. Oh. And I was like, how do I order this? And they're like, oh, you can get the lunch combo, which for, 
I think it was seven ninety nine. You get like a huge thing of rice, and you get to pick two entrees of your choice. Oh. And ever since then, I would go there every day, um, to try every single dish that they had. What's your favorite Filipino dish? Oh my god, there's so many. Um, I love Bicol Express. Mm-hmm. I love. I feel like adobo is given. I feel like adobo is almost like so basic to even say. Adobo, <laughs> like adobo is like food. yes, no. Adobo is really, really good, but it is like so popular. I think it's like saying like, oh, I love Thai food. I love pad Thai. You know, yeah. Um, I love kare kare, but peanut butter was definitely one of my favorite. Mm. And there's this dish that I never knew the name of, but it's um, stewed pork, but it's bright pink and. They oh, I know what you're like, talking about. Hold on. And it's like cooked in this like really strongly fermented like fish or like shrimp sauce. Mm-hmm. And it is so good. Uh, it's sweet, right? No, it's not sweet. It's salty oh. and briny. Oh, then it's not what I think it is. I guess there's like there's like a hint of sweetness to it. Yeah. So if there's any um, listeners um, that are familiar with Filipino cuisine, if you know the dish, name of the dish I'm talking about, please let us know because... I'm genuinely curious, and I would like to make this at home for myself. I used to eat panchit at home all the time. Mm, panchit is good. That's, Have you ever had sinigang? Yes, sinigang is great. I make sinigang at home all the time, and it, it is so good. I love sinigang. You know, like, my favorite Filipino dish is sinigang. Sinigang, nice. That's a good point. I actually like panchit when it's like cold the next day. Too. What type of pasta? There's like many different types of pasta. Uh, whatever it is I made, I was getting at home. I don't remember. I don't know what the okay, type. It doesn't tell me what type of pasta it is. Uh, pasta palabok is my favorite. Mine was with pork. I don't know if that's a most. Most of them have pork, but you should look up pasta palabok. It is so good. Palabok. Yeah, it's made with like this thick. Ooh, it's got like a. Saucy type situation with these mm-hmm. eggs. Ooh, this and looks it's like good. shrimp hard-boiled egg. This was definitely not the punch that I grew up with, but that looks. Oh, and oh, it's like the palabok is so good. This is interesting. So it's like the, the clean noodles with the sauce on top. I've never seen mm-hmm. punch like this. I think oh mine God, is like really? stir it fried. Like... Okay. Yeah, mine is stir fried, and the noodles are like dark. I got mm. soy sauce in there. Maybe Panse Bihon or Panse Canton? Probably Canton. As you can see, I am. I love Filipino cuisine. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Look at you. That's amazing. I feel like, you know, how the 90s, everyone was all about the Chinese food. 2000s, everyone was all about Thai food. And right now, it's all about the Korean food. I truly believe Filipino cuisine is going to be like the next in thing for like the Western audience. Oh, totally. That is that is very obvious. Like apparently Seattle's got tons of like really good Filipino restaurants. Chicago's hottest restaurant is a Filipino restaurant. Oh, that's wrong. Mine is Bihan. Bihan is the one that I grew up with. Bihan, it's like the thinner noodles? Yes, the thinner noodles. Mm. Yeah, I love and I loved eating that cold the next day. Yeah. All pens that is valid, including yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially like pens that when you go to grocery stores, like they're not served piping hot. No. You know, they have them like the buffet line and then they like serve it to you. In the warmers, in those big trays. Yeah. 
there are times that I've seen it on the warmer or just like straight up cold too. Yeah. But either way, they're all delicious. Mm. A pensapella mm. book. You know, I would love for you to make it. I would love to see your take on it. Okay. I'd try it. I'd try making it. Yeah, make it. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Now, right now, yeah. <laughs> Turn off the podcast. Let's go. <laughs> uh, and also with Sinigang, it's so easy to make at home. So you can buy these packets in the grocery store and you basically just boil like protein, most usually like pork, and then like throw in whatever vegetables you want. I usually do like okra, onion, radish, um, squash. Mm-hmm. And then boil it these packets. But also, these packets work amazing as chicken wing seasoning. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds amazing. Sinigang chicken wings are... Um, you have to describe like literally just, the taste of Sinigang for people who haven't had it before. But then once you describe it, every, okay. everyone's going to be like, oh, well, of course Kim loves this. Okay, so <laughs> oh my God, just talking about it is making my mouth water. <laughs> but it is very sour because mm-hmm. it's um, tamarind-based. Um, and you can control like how sour you want it. I like mine really sour because um, you eat it with rice, and also, um, I use like a lot, you know, veggies like squash and things that are like richer in flavor. Um, that cuts down on the acidity. But um, it is tart, tangy, sharp, and you have little chilies in there too. So. It can be a little spicy, but not like too spicy. Mm-hmm. Filipino food is never like no. spicy, spicy. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's mostly like just like a really tangy, sour, bright bowl of delicious goodies. <laughs> I can see you salivate. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Filipino... I also learned about Peck Peck for the first time recently. Peck Peck? And that concept is really wild to me, yeah. What's that? So Peck Peck is um, in the Filipino slums. Mm-hmm. There's people that go and collect garbage bags from like all the fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then they go through the garbage bags and find all the chicken bones or like any sort of meat like that's edible. And then they collect them all together. And then they wash it and then they cook it all down to make it into this dish called peck peck. And then they sell it. Are you sure and that's what it's called? Peck peck? Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure that, 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 it's, that it means something else. I don't know a lot of Tagalog, but... You know, I might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just googled it and it means vagina. Um, oh my god, I'm sure if we had any people listening to this podcast who understood okay, the dialogue. So it's called It's called Pag Pag P-A-G-P-A-G. Uh P A G P E G, no P A G P A G. Pag pag, okay. So it's okay. basically leftover garbage, basically like turned into a stew. Okay, and then they sell it for like really cheap to people in the slums. Oh, 
Leftovers food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, which, you know, I understand, like, we are, like, so privileged. Oh, yeah. To be able to eat fresh food. It's just crazy, you know, for, like, some of these people, just, like, a way of life. And Peck Peck is, like, what keeps them, like, sustained. Peck Peck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, would you ever try Peck Peck if you're in the Philippines? I probably would. I mean, it's all cooked. Yeah, but then also, you never know what's in the garbage. You know, there could be, like, cleaners. You know, they, like, wipe some tables with. Oh, you know, true. I mean, like, you know, and... it's it's usually, well, I probably wouldn't eat it a lot. But I feel like I have that. Um, I feel like if that was something that was served to me by somebody, like, in earnest, that mm-hmm. I should, at the very least, try it. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, I also do I, eat for adventure as well. Which is kind of weird to say true. considering the fact that this is how people survive. But you're asking me on from the sense that from someone who doesn't have to eat that way, would I eat that? Would I eat it? Yeah, probably. So if you ever see, uh, if you're ever browsing YouTube and you see a video from John Kong that says, trying Filipino pack pack for the first see, time. that's not see how I them smiling. <laughs> With like a drumstick. In his See, mouth. that is not how I would do it, though. I would not. I would not do it like that. I would probably do it as like a showcase of societal inequity and like as an example of like how people have to survive. But I'm definitely not going to do like a, a, a entertainment mukbang type thing. <laughs> like five dollar pack pack challenge. Oh my how god! Much pack pack? Can so I give it five dollars? And how much? But isn't that like a similar story? Um, isn't there some, not to that extent, but some Korean dishes mm-hmm. are made with like survival, were made, were started with survival in mind, wasn't it? Why well, you gotta bring Korea into this? Because you guys also. I'm, went ki- I'm kidding. Like, I was like what say. dish are you talking about? Huh? I heard like. What dish are you talking about? I heard like Budai Jige was like an amalgamation, not of trash, but like of what people were allowed to eat during like struggle times, also known as the war. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, struggle times, people are literally like going up to the mountains and then like, like shaving the wood. Yeah. And to like eat like like soft part of the wood to survive. Yeah, there was like, I don't remember who I heard was talking about Pudajige, but it was like what... It was versus what the locals, what like actual Korean nationals were allowed to eat versus what like American Mm -hmm. GIs were allowed to eat. Like they were allowed to eat the better quality stuff and the better quality food while the Koreans had to eat like whatever the heck they could get during that time. Mm -hmm. And that's like the basis of that stew kind of. And of course, like it's super yummy now, but that that's survival food. Yeah. So is kanji probably. What about it? <laughs> now that I think about it, like joke is yeah, probably actually, like the ultimate survival food, and it's like now comfort food. Kanji is a survival food. Have you ever read the um, novel Good Earth? No. What is it? What does it say about kanji? Um. So the novel Good Earth is by Pearl Buck. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out like back in the day, and it's about. Oh my god! I read it like so long ago. Uh, basically, it's about a family life in the 20th century China mm. um, in the village. And this guy, like for his family, um, kanji is like the cheapest thing that you could afford them. Like you pay like a small amount and then they can get enough kanji to feed the whole family. Yeah. Um, and that's like one of like the prominent like part of like, the story. 
Kanji is also something that you're not supposed to eat during like the Chinese celebration of New Year, Lunar New Year, during like Chinese New Year, um, because you're not supposed、mm-hmm. to eat like poverty food because that will because that apparently like sets the tone for the rest what the rest of your year is going to be like. We're also not、mm-hmm. allowed to wash our hair or sweep the floors, so like take that as you will. But you know.、Mm-hmm. And then、um, any trading business、um, that relies on China imports, like cr- all cries during New Year's. Oh what? Because um, because all the factories like go out of business. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's right. All the factories shut down for CNY,、mm-hmm. and so like the air is clear. The air is so clear, but also like nothing、oh, gets done. <laughs> yeah, in Korea, so you know, Korea is like a very like heavy like air pollution problem.、Mm-hmm. That actually is from like the、um, Chinese factory. Oh my god, Hong Kong too. The pollution,、so、like,、bad. yeah, can go over there. It's so so bad. It just like blows over. Yes, and it, then during Luna New Year, the entire skies clear up. Yeah, and like the air, like quality, just becomes like significantly better. And that's crazy because, like, you know, yes, Chinese China is doing all the polluting and stuff, but they're also like、mm-hmm. making all the stuff for everyone else. I mean, it's true. I mean, the world relies on you know, like you know, Chinese like factories and labor. Have you seen like pictures of the Chinese Christmas factories? No, it's crazy. Like everyone is just covered in red felt dust. It looks so. It looks scary and it looks dystopian. But like, if you look like look at like Chinese Christmas factories, they might be Chinese Christmas villages too. But like there are、mm-hmm. factories that are just dedicated to making like Christmas decorations in China, and they're just covered, and you know they're just breathing all that stuff in.、Um, and you know they they will get cancer by the、oh, time they're forty. Totally, yeah. Look at look them up. It's called China's China's Christmas Village. Six hundred factories that do sixty percent of the world's Christmas decorations. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. And the pictures are like they're like. Beautiful and terrifying at the same time. Oh wow! It does. It looks like a horror movie. It kind of does, right? Yeah. Although it would be a but like some of them are really pretty though because they're like <laughs> Christmas trees and fake Christmas trees and Christmas lights and、mm-hmm. stuff like that. Some of them are beautiful, but like these ones that are responsible for the red felt stuff, it's it's pretty、mm-hmm. crazy. Okay, hear me out. Yeah, an emerald chiffon gown. <laughs> Flowy, yes, with big teased hair, yes, broken doll pose on a ladder in the factory. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> oh, that's some that's, that's some Vogue shit, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, let's take a quick break. Sure, we'll be right back. Oop. All right, and we're back. So, have you done anything fun this week? Yeah. So this week,、um, I just wrapped up a month's worth of, worth of shooting for my YouTube channel, and the interesting, one of the interesting things that I cooked was a pavlova, which is like a giant meringue. Yeah, it <laughs> it is.、Uh, but if you imagine, like, if a giant meringue were about the size of a cake. And the outside was crispy and light, and the inside was like, if it's done well, it's like gooey and marshmallowy, like melted marshmallow almost. And、um, because that part is really, really sweet, it's normally topped with like fresh whipped cream, 
and uh, fresh fruit, like berries and kiwis and summer fruit. And it's a very fresh, summery dish, but it's also made in Christmas time because it's Australian and their Christmas lands in in um in in their summertime. And actually, like, there's a debate on whether it's an Australian dessert, um, or if it's like actually from New Zealand. They they fight over that a lot. And generally, I just like to say, like, whoever I'm speaking to, um, if I'm speaking to an Australian or if I'm speaking to a Kiwi, I just generally say it's from the opposite country. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I didn't know that this was Australian. The um, mm-hmm. place I've had it was in Paris, France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was invented. I don't remember. I don't recall the exact history of it. But as I understand, there was like an op. It was either a ballerina or an opera singer that was coming to visit either New Zealand or Australia, and they made the dessert in honor of her. And I think her name was like, her name was Pavlova. Her last name was Pavlova. And so it was called the Pavlova. Katrina Pavlova. Or Anna Pavlova or something like that. It sounds, it sounds probably a ballerina. Now now Mm -hmm. that I hear it. That's that's Um, a ballerina name. Totally, totally. Um, When I I had the Pavlova... It was a little jarring because first it was really cute. Um, mm-hmm. The whole thing was pink, and mm-hmm. in front of the pavlova they also put like uh, another meringue that was shaped like a pig head, and the pavlova was like the body of a pig. <laughs> yeah. And then when we dug into it, inside was filled with raspberry cream. Ooh, nice! So it was, but it literally looked like a bloody pig. Oh, okay, so. The one that I did is like normally it's made with berries and stuff and it's really fresh, but I wanted to do it with like super rich and deep like Michigan winter des- fruit desserts. And so I poached persimmons in orange juice and rye as well as with like cinnamon and spices. Mm. And then I poached pears in red wine, in mulled wine, which is like just red wine and spices. And then I did it and then I topped it, topped those things on up the pavlova. And then I reduced that red wine to a, like a red wine reduction syrup and I splashed it. So it literally looked like a Christmas massacre on this thing, but it was so good and was so rich. Um, I I had like a, a bite of it and I pretty much had a sugar crash immediately. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, red wine reduction, when you put that over anything white, it looks like blood. So it looks like a Christmas massacre. Mm. That could be a fun like dessert idea. I that's that was a dessert idea, a Christmas massacre, not a miracle. You should host like a murder mystery dinner. Oh, and that would that. be fun. Uh, that would be that, that. That sounds like a lot of fun. And like a really like rare steak, mm-hmm. or a prime rib. Mm, oh, yeah, mm, yeah. I've never gone, but I've always always wanted to go to Lori's. So bad. Where's that? Lori's. Um. They're all over like major cities, and it's like a prime rib house where they come to your table with a prime rib cart, mm. and they have like prime ribs of like you know like all different thinness. And when you mm-hmm. order it, they cut it for you, and then they give you like they plate it with you know like cream spinach, mashed potatoes, and then they also do like a little spinning salad table side. Oh, nice! There is. Um a Parisian prime rib restaurant that just opened the location in New York. 
and they only oh, serve sure. yeah they only serve prime rib and fries. I feel like that's like the trend nowadays. All the steakhouse like we only serve steak and fries, and usually like the fries are like unlimited filling. Yeah, well, steak frites is like you know I think I think this is the that was the place that uh, started it. But yeah, I want to go to that one. And it's a, it's a hard reservation to get. Of course. Every, like everything course. trendy in New York. Yeah, for sure. You know, I guess I support it. You know, but I don't just want potatoes with my steak. You know, I've always preferred like, you know, the veggie side dishes. That's mm. <laughs> to be that girl. I, see, I, when it comes to prime rib, like that is, I'll eat just that <laughs> and I'll, I'll i'll put myself into a coma on prime rib i love prime rib so much you see i love prime rib but if i just eat prime rib and just eat potatoes i feel like it's all too rich for me that's fine <laughs> i know yeah i know you need just a little bit of you need you need that little <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's what the horseradish is for yes oh my god with horseradish i i like mine to be like super super funky Sometimes I'll mix it in with a little mustard. Oh, so good. If we could get prime rib with that Japanese mustard. Oh, like the Japanese mustard that clears your sinuses? Yeah, that like really just that that mustard, that angry mustard. Oh, that would be Mm. so good. Somebody should do that. You know, be careful what you wish for. I'm sure you might see a pop-up in L.A. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. Somebody should do it, and then they should message me and say, like, hey, that's a really good idea. We're going to do it. You should come and try it because I don't want to spend the energy doing it. I don't want to go to whole prime rib just for this. Yeah. I want somebody else to do it so I can go there and eat it. Yes. Prime rib is something like you don't want to cook at home because it's so much work. It's I mean, so you could cook it at work. home, but... You could. And it's actually... it's. For if you are a cook, it's not that much work because it's just low and slow and it takes patience and stuff. But like, I also don't want to buy a whole prime rib. Yeah, I just want to eat one piece, enjoy it, and then move on with my life. I don't need like leftovers of prime rib that I reheat for days and days. Exactly, exactly. So please, if you if you have a prime rib place, which actually I saw Bonnie's did a prime rib dinner, and that looked um, mm. they did a wagyu prime rib rib dinner, and it looks so mm. good. So, but if you somebody does it, please serve it with Japanese mustard, mm. and we'll come. John might even post about it. I will. Yeah, I totally will. Kim will too. May- maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so this past weekend, I went to this festival called Chain Fest. Oh yeah, I saw your the photos. That looked so much fun. Yeah, so I normally like I'm not all about like food festivals because like there's big crowds of people and you know, like I hate crowds. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this one, you know, a lot of the dishes they serve seem like once in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like opportunity to taste them. So like I had to go with my friends, and actually, um, they spread the event out over the course of weekends with like different time slots, and. It was perfectly spaced out, so there was never, like, a huge crowd or, like, a huge long wait, even though all the tickets were sold out. So it was actually very enjoyable. And Chain Fest, for people that's never heard of it, basically all these 
chain restaurants collaborate with Michelin chefs. So then they present like a, not higher end, but like an elevated versions of like their um, chain fast food. So then they had um, Pizza Hut that was serving like truffle and mushroom burrata pizza and a buffalo wing pizza with like their mm. like special ranch sauce. What? Jack in a Box was doing like Wagyu beef taco. Sonic was doing um, Chilean hot dog on like those like lobster roll bread. Panda Express was doing like a chicken four ways with like the orange chicken, but done four different ways on a skewer. How was that? Um, hmm? How was that? Oh, wait, let me get to it. Let me, I'll get, okay, I'll get okay, to all okay, of okay, them okay. after I tell you all the dishes. <laughs> and then um, Chili's did like a baby back rib sandwich. Mm. Um, wait, Chili's did pretty much did a McRib? Basically, yeah. Okay. And then Red Robin did like uh they called it like a love burger. It was like a like bone marrow burger with like um crispy cheese, like twill thing oh. and pickled jalapenos and avocado. Oh. And then Dunkin Donuts was doing donuts three ways with like a cold brew topped with like a donut sweet cream and then donut two different ways sweet and savory and savory one was like spicy and had bacon on it and then sweet one I don't know what sweet one had mm. I couldn't remember I don't remember so most of the food were actually really really good my favorites were the chili's baby bag rib sandwich and the jack in a box wagyu beef taco nice the most disappointing one Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you do is um, you pay the entrance fee and basically all the food is included. They give you a passport and then you go up to each station and then they stamp your passport and then they give you that food. Like in like a special made to-go box like just for them. Mm-hmm. So basically you could go to the festival and try every single food. And yeah, so those were really good. The most disappointing one was Panda Express. Wow. And wow, Kim. Wow. I know. Wow. So wow. All, that's very Oh, Pepsi was also there. Pepsi was doing um <laughs> chicken tenders in like a Pepsi glaze with fries. Nice. So all so none of them like really had a weight. They all had like the food ready to go. For some reason, Panda Express the Panda Express like booth was like struggling. There was like a long line and then they'll do like five orders like at a time and they'll like bring it up but it was like so slow so stupid of me like went that one last so we ended up waiting like, a long time and by the time i got to skewer the chicken four ways all taste the same and it was really dry as hell and it oh came fresh God. out of the kitchen that's that's really too bad <laughs> I know. If they were so like, for them. if they were struggling like that, they were probably just like mm-hmm. trying to get it out of the kitchen as fast as they can, regardless of how good it was. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. And you think like orange chicken, something fried. I also think it's funny how like Jack in the Box did the best, in your opinion, because like it's also such a like a middle of the. I don't even know what like a meh chain. I, I used to think that way about Jack in the Box, but they have a couple of gems. Their egg roll, surprisingly, is really good. <laughs> yeah. 
Have you ever had the egg roll from Jack in a Box? I have not, but it's right by your house, and I run by it every time I'm over yet there, so I should. I don't need to tell people where I live, but there's huh? Jack in a Box everywhere. Okay. I don't need to tell people where I live on this podcast, <laughs> but there's Jack in a Box everywhere. Um, and yeah, I only like when I tried it because like I saw TikTok of someone's like trying like the egg roll and they're like, oh my God, this is like shockingly good. And would I say it's the best egg roll I've had? No. But for how like how cheap it is, the quality of this egg roll was actually really good. It had a good amount of filling and it was like nice well, and what crispy. was in it? Pork and like cabbage and you know, like typical like egg roll you get from like an American Chinese like place. But like mm-hmm. a better not not better. Um a pretty well done version of it. Mm. And it comes with like a little sweet and sour sauce to dip it in. We'll have to try it. And um yeah, we'll try it one day. I mean, I wouldn't go out of our way to try it, but you know, if we're like driving somewhere on the next trip or something and there happens to be a jack in a box in the way, we can try it. Okay. Cuz like out of all the things to eat in LA, I couldn't imagine taking you to a jack in a box. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather get like some street tacos or something. Yeah. Oh, and then there was like a VIP Postmates lounge, um, which we didn't get to take us to because... Um, they wouldn't let like you my, in the VIP Postmates lounge and no, you are like the poster person of Postmates? No, no, no. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> okay, okay. So the friends I was with like, you know, like, oh, we don't want to pay like extra like for this lounge because I guess like a person lounge is you go in, you sit down... And then there's like a Postmate person that goes to all the booths for you and grab the food for you and bring it back. Oh, wow. And get that's all the cool. drinks for you and bring it back. And then they also serve like a special Jack in a Box fries topped with sour cream and caviar. Ooh. So then I was in front of like the Postmates like lounge thing like when we were walking by. And it was like a joke. I was like, ah, the life of luxury that I can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> like I said it as a joke. Yeah. And. The person that was like in front of the lounge, I guess, like happened to be the owner, like of the event. Uh huh. And he's like, "Oh well, I'll let you go in if you tell people about us." Oh. And I'm like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then he told like the um the bouncer person the front like they're good and they just let me through. So then we oh get to go gosh. in and try these um fries with <laughs> sour cream Have and caviar. caviar. <laughs> that sounds so good. Did they? So they obviously recognized you. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, lucky them. Which, which made it even like funnier. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but anyways, well, it was also cool that they did that. You know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, fr- Jack and Frog Surprise tastes really good with sour cream and caviar. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever yeah. wondered, <laughs> I might be hitting some food fest. Huh? What about you and food festivals? Um, I feel like I'm going to be hitting some uh, eventually. I think my marketing folks would like me to try to make some as part of like my book year. They're going to make you like you don't want to do it and you're forced to do this food fest? No, I'm not going to make me. But like, you know, I wouldn't do it myself otherwise because I don't know how to get in on stuff like this. So are you going to be like serving food and then everyone's going to be like approaching... I feel like no, I think dishes. they're gonna just have me do like talks and stuff. Maybe demos. That would be cool. I would do a demo. What would you make for your demo? I don't know. I'd fried rice, maybe. Cool. 
or tomato sandwich. I have no idea. I don't know what I'd do. Maybe wrap dumplings. Oh, I could wrap dumplings. I could wrap dumplings and talk to people. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think that'd be much more exciting than you making a fucking tomato sandwich or demo. <laughs> What if the one of that that caviar tomato sandwich? If it was sponsored by a caviar company, and I was making people caviar tomato sandwiches with Even creme fresh. Like, All right, here's how you toast the bread. All right, uh, slice the tomatoes. To add a little creme salt fresh from scratch. It would be so good. It would be so good. It would have to be in California though, because like you're the only people that have good tomatoes right now. Mm, yeah. Another reason. To- <laughs> <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm, I always get spoiled at like how good the producer is in California, but I do take full advantage of it. So yes, as long as you do, people. A lot of people like to talk about how good the food is, uh, how good the produce is, and then they still just end up buying it at factory stuff at, from the grocery store. That's no better than the stuff that goes everywhere else. That's true. Yeah, if you live in California, go to the farmer's farmers market once in a while. Yeah, for sure. Totally. You have to go to the farmer's market when you're there. I hear the Hollywood farmer's market is amazing. Mostly because, um, especially like heirloom tomatoes, grocery store heirloom tomatoes, garbage. Trash. They're trash. They're fake. It's fake news. But something about the farmer's market heirloom tomatoes, they're not tomatoes. They're fucking like bull's testicles. Like... They're fucking huge. They're like deformed looking. Yeah. And and they're, they're ready. Like, they're ready. They're like, you have uh-huh. to eat them today or else they're going to ex- literally explode. Like they're just, they're yeah, just, they're, mm, now. They're fucking juicy as hell. Oh, so good. And a good farmer will actually like give you a tomato. They'll be like, eat this one today. Eat this one tomorrow. Eat this one mm. in three days. Like. You will have, and they're going to be expensive too. <laughs> so, so like it will be something that you set out to eat, and it'll be <laughs> worth it every penny. Uh, and also, like, never question the price at farmers market because these people they truly deserve every penny. Oh my god! That yeah. they charge for. Yes, I mean that's not to say like not everyone is like an honest like farmer, and there are some ripoffs. There are, but generally, for the most part, like you're supporting. Yeah. Good old farmer, you know. So you're going to New York tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to New York tomorrow. I don't know if what I'm allowed to talk about yet, but it's going to be super exciting. I'm going to literally be there for 24 hours, and then I'll be back in Detroit before. Are you I there so Tahoe. quick? I'm oh, literally what are you going doing for this Tahoe? one thing. Um, I'm seeing my mom in Tahoe. Okay, we're gonna go skiing for five days for a week. Actually, mm, that'll be fun. Well, I used to ski a lot when I was younger. Uh, mm-hmm. like we would like go out and we would rent stuff all the time when we were living in Canada and I used to be really good at it but now I'm just like in my mind I was like is it even worth it for me to rent stuff like I want to be there and I want to live that après ski life but like all I think about is like okay well whatever if I fall <laughs> any injury I, I I get while skiing at my age I'm going to keep forever. Yeah. So, so I'm just like, do I want, do I really want to do this to myself? I could just drink hot chocolate and wear a nice, like, you know, cute faux fur lined jacket. So. Yeah. In your 20s, you're like fearless. You're like, I'm going to do it all. I deserve this. Yeah. 
I'm a bounce back. Now, like, My bones are made of rubber. It, it, there's nothing that can hurt me. And then now pushing 40, I'm just like, mm, I don't like the look of those. Like literally. Yeah. <laughs> In your 30th, you fall down once and for a week you're crying about, why did I have to fall from the pain <laughs> yeah. that it caused? Although I could just like live my Gwyneth Paltrow fantasy. <laughs> What's the Gwyneth Paltrow fantasy? Get in an accident, go to court and say, well, I lost three days of skiing. <laughs> Part of me also wonders, is Gwyneth Paltrow that busy? I mean, I think she's just... She's... I don't... I don't. I can't imagine as a person who, like you know, gets a lot of her nutrients from an IV bag, has just a lot of energy to go around and do stuff. So maybe busy for her is like do a couple of things and then just lounge and rest. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow is so random. How she found a brand? Oh yeah. Um, like. She made a brand and bought of being like a poster child for like out of touch white woman. Yes. Because <laughs> like, because she wasn't always like this, you know. She no, was she like was respected not. Hollywood actress. Yes. You know, and people are like, oh, she's like so good at her roles, and you know, she's so good at acting. <laughs> and then just randomly, like out of the blue, He's like, just yes. Like she decided, well, like I'm going to be like. The mother, the mother Karen. <laughs> yes. But her courtroom looks were amazing. <laughs> those glasses I mean, her, that she wore, oh, uh, I just loved those outfits. And when she whispered, like, I wish you well to the guy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I wouldn't mind being friends with her because, you know, this woman probably throws, like, the most, like, insane dinner parties. And I mean insane as in, like, it's the type of dinner parties, like, where you go with your friends. And mm-hmm. then on the way home, you have so many things to discuss and talk about. Oh, for sure. Based on, like, what was served yeah. at the party to the what happened at the party. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, if somebody told me that there was, like, a colonics course... At the dinner party, at a Gwyneth Paltrow dinner party, where it's like, oh yeah, we ate and then we cleansed for dessert so that none of it counted. There wasn't a single calorie that stuck. I was like, I would believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still remember in her cookbook, she mentioned like... She has a cookbook? Oh my, she has a cookbook. You've never heard about like the um, out of touch like bits from like the cookbook that people are posting? It was like such a meme. No. What oh is my God. What, what's the cookbook called? Okay, hold on. Let me read you like some DM experts. Because it is really funny. She has a bunch of cookbooks. Isn't that crazy? There's one called It's All Easy. <laughs> it's easy when you have a personal chef. Right. It's all good. It's all easy. I cooked, and here's a, here's an article that says, like, I cooked like Gwyneth Paltrow, and here's what happened. You know, like, that um, author that became famous because she cooked every single Julia Child recipe? Yeah, Julia and Julia. Yeah. What if you cooked every single Gwyneth Paltrow recipe? 
Well, I'm looking at one right now, and there's a thing for avocado toast, and it's literally just sliced avocados with bits of cracked bacon on there. So there is a cookbook, Gwyneth Paltrow. This is an article title from The Guardian. Gwyneth Paltrow and her crackpot diet may be laughable, but it's pure genius. Oh, wait, no, this is... Oh, no, I guess this is about her book. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> What if I, so you're asking me, like, what if I cooked like Gwyneth every day for for a whole year? You cooked every single recipe in the Gwyneth Paltrow cookbook. The one that all, all the people ta- are, are talking about. Okay. Okay, so this is the, um, my favorite quote from the cookbook. Uh-huh. We've got a wood-burning pizza in the oven. A luxury, I know, but it's one of the best investments I've ever made. <laughs> okay. Wood burning piece oven in the garden. <laughs> so, so that's such a relatable. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Ingredients. Ingredients. Water. Double O. Double O flour. Equipment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wood fire pizza oven in your garden. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she also famously quoted, "I'd rather smoke crack than eat cheese from a tin." Wait, the Food 52 review of the book is titled, the title of the article goes, it's all easy in Gwyneth's world, but what about the real world? (laughs) 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 Oh my God. I really feel like, maybe, maybe not every single recipe, but we should just like randomly make recipes from our cookbook. I feel like it will be so Fun. I think it would be funny too. I think let's let's do it. Let's do it. Do you want to get one and I get oh. the other one, or do you just want to get both? Um, you know, why don't we just get one and then like share each test to each other? But she doesn't need more of our money. Oh, we can get it used, babe. <gasps> Smart. Yeah, let's just yeah. get it used. Also, this is a quote from her on what she would want for her last meal. Oysters and cocktail sauce and then a baked stuffed lobster and french fries. I would have a baguette and a cheese course for my dessert and red wine. I drank like crazy. How else could I get through my day? (laughs) (laughs) I love that this is her trying to be relatable. (laughs) A baked stuffed lobster and french fries. (sighs) Oh, oh, damn. I have to go. That is our podcast for the week. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please follow us on One for the Table Instagram. That is number one for the table. John's cookbook. Is it Kung time yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's called It's Time to Kung. Um, no, it's Kung Fu. Anywhere where you can. <laughs> John's cookbook. I would love to Kung again. <laughs> okay. Thank you. It's called Kung Food. It is out in stores and please buy it new. <laughs> it hasn't been that it hasn't been long <laughs> enough yet. Meanwhile, we're fully like promoting like buy used books. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Except for mine. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. John's poor. We need to get him out of Detroit and move him to LA. So please buy his cookbook. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>